That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson, fresh off a trip to L.A., famous Ishmael Johnson. Famous? I don't know about that much, but <laughs> no, it's good. Good, uh, good vacation in after uh, after signing day on on the football side. So it's kind of a a good spot to take a little bit of a break before we get right into golly playoff time in in high school coming up next week, and then after that we mm-hmm. got uh, all the March Madness stuff. So that's going to be uh, kind of interesting. Yep, um, we are. What one month? Oh, man, I mean, it's almost March. I mean, obviously, it's February seventh at the time they're recording this. It just mm-hmm. feels like it's. I'm starting to feel it, ish. I don't know how else to explain it. It feels like it's almost here. We're almost at the point of like conference tournaments, and it obviously the NCAA tournament. And we go from there, but mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, we didn't didn't have a podcast on Friday, so weeks since we last recorded, I kind of want to reset everything and kind of look at a couple conferences as a whole. Um, and obviously, obviously, we have to talk about the Big 12. So, um, oh, the fuck Big 12 <laughs> men's basketball. Yep. It is, um, since last time we recorded, and we didn't even mention it. I mean, Texas Tech, last time I meant to uh, shout them out for beating Iowa State um, at home on that big comeback. So, they, uh, Texas Tech won a couple games. They then lose to Baylor. Uh, TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to Oklahoma State over the weekend. I don't fully know what to make of them. Mike Miles, we need to see him get back to 100%. Yeah, he's still still out. Yeah. Um, and then Baylor, I will get into them a little bit more, but I'm starting to just to buy Baylor. Uh, Texas, I watched last night's game against Kansas, almost the entire thing. I watched about three quarters of it. Um, Texas kind of is what, you know, they are what they are at this point, but they are very, very high floor team and we'll see if they can do it where do you want to start when talking about the big 12 because it's eight and three texas at the top then seven and three iowa state seven seven and four kansas six and four baylor six and four tcu six and four kansas state yeah i mean i guess we can start with baylor a little bit uh jonathan chamochacho is back and you know i guess i can start off by asking you does that change your perception of kind of what Baylor is now uh, because the biggest hole in this team was defensively in the middle in the front court. Uh, we like Flo Thamba, but he's more of a rotational player in terms of in that aspect. Um, now, you know, he can kind of go back to his best role as probably the best big off the bench in the Big 12 because um, now they have Jonathan Chamachacho back, came back against Texas Tech. And, you know, does that kind of change your 
projections of where Baylor is right now, sitting at six and four. Um, Ken Palm has them at finishing fourth right now as in the in the Big Twelve. Of course, that doesn't take into account what Jonathan Chamochachua adds defensively. Yeah. But you know, what are, what are your thoughts? You're the one that saw the, you texted me about the Tech game. You know that yeah. that he was coming in, and uh, I, I don't know. I was personally shocked because I mean take down the the curtain a little bit when we had scott drew on you know we were asking him we're like hey before the show we were kind of asking him like hey what's the status of jtt can we talk about him at all and he was very much like hey don't don't mention it right because it was like it sounded like he wasn't going to play this season um or at least very very late maybe around the tournament or whatever it's february and he's back um (laughs) you know what what do you kind of think of baylor now i am buying all the baylor stock right now 100 all of it okay They have not only won six of seven with the only loss coming to Texas on the road in a game that I thought they played pretty well in. Uh, if Jonathan Chamochachua is 75% of what he was last year, that is probably a player that's better than Flo Thamba still. And if, if nothing else, even if he's on the same level as Flo Thamba, you at least now have two fives that you can trust. And, I mean, Josh um, – Big Josh, I forget his last name, Ojedwundi or whatever uh, it is. I, I think he's a, he has a lot of potential as a freshman. Uh, Ojedwundi, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, a lot of potential, but I just as a backup five, I just didn't love him. If Jonathan Chamachacho sure, sure. can be the defensive center that we saw him be last year, this team's ceiling is incredibly high. Like I think this is a Final Four caliber team if Jonathan Chamachacho yeah. can play at 80% of what he was last year. And even if it's just defensive side of the ball, he doesn't have to score the ball because this team just isolates every time down the court. Keontae Jordan, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, you know the guys. They just isolate, shoot a bunch of threes. They're highly combustible. But, man, that would just change everything with this team. And I am completely buying on what this Baylor team is right now. They have Oklahoma up next, should take care of business. Like TCU, West Virginia, they're – yeah, after that, like they could very well continue this like winning month of, of basketball. So I'm all in on Baylor. The, that Big 12 is kind of up in the air right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Baylor goes on a run and maybe wins it. Yeah, kind of. It kind of changes your whole perception about the conference because it was already close at the top. I mentioned them six and four. Um, yeah. they're basically, it's, it's funny. They're about two games out. What is it? Two games out from first roughly. Um, and then there's, they're also like one game out from like eighth as well. And so it, yeah. it does have, a, there's a big variance, um, uh, variance potential there, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of agree. I think that he came in, what did he play? 13 minutes, but he mm-hmm. had like eight points, four rebounds. Like he was very active right away. And you, you mentioned it, you just kind of saw, the energy kind of changed. Now, granted, we know one Texas Tech's not really good this season, he hit and two, two as well. That was God. I, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, you shoot yeah, a little add, bit too. And I was like, yeah, he was adding a little bit of outside shot game. to the game. I watched probably about half of his minutes, probably about seven of his minutes, because then Baylor pulled yeah. away, and I was like, all right, I watched. Uh, uh, was that Tennessee Auburn that night? I don't remember, but I was watching mm-hmm. another game that night. So yeah, he can shoot too. It's another. Aspect. That's something. Um, I will say this stretch is interesting because one Baylor should be favored in probably the next three games. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. especially if Mike Miles is out for TCU. Um, And also, 
you know, we know Tech's not very good, and we, and they're also without Fardaz and Pop Isaacs right now. So like they're even worse than we kind of expected, um, or have have seen, I should say. And so it was nice to see, but it was still a very hobbled Tech team. And so what what happens when? Granted, they get a hobbled TCU team in 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 a couple games, but Oklahoma's fairly healthy. West Virginia looks pretty good, and so let's see what they look like a little bit. And then obviously they go to Kansas, which will be a huge test. Um, and we can talk about the Kansas-Texas game here in a bit because Texas was kind of on their own little uh, streak right now, which put them in first, uh, knocked off, as you mentioned, Baylor, and then knocked off Kansas State as well um, and kind of put them in the driver's seats of the Big 12, at least until last night. They're still at the top of the Big 12, but they're not as kind of in firm control anymore. In 2021, um, Baylor had a 117.7 um, efficiency on offense. This is on Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, they're at 114.5. They are it, – it's amazing because they really – they don't turn the ball over. They, they turn the ball the least. Mm-hmm. They have the highest offensive rebound percentage. Like that, that all helps, but it's like – there are just moments in the game where you they score the ball where no other player in the in the conference can score the ball. Like Keontae George, yeah. Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, like you take their, those three and you replace them with Texas backcourt, with Kansas backcourt, Kansas State backcourt. Mm-hmm. Those are all really, really good players, but Baylor just has guys that can get buckets, and it is mm-hmm. incredible to watch. Like I it almost saved them last year. Like where they, when they lost to North Carolina, like you, they just made shots and then they came yeah. back. But um, yeah, that was just really interesting to watch. Cause I mean, I watched the Texas game and the Texas tech game and we'll see how they do against Oklahoma tomorrow. But Baylor is uh, my favorite team in the big 12. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, like the, the player of the year is going to be very interesting to watch because it could be, I would argue that Keontae George should have a very good shot at it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Jalen Wilson's going to have a, obviously a big case to make. Um, Marquis Knoll at Kansas State is going to be like, but and Marcus Carr too. Like Marcus Carr is playing great for Texas. And let's then, talk about uh, Texas. Yeah. No, but let's, yeah, let's talk about Texas a little bit. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they came into the Kansas game last night. We're recording on Tuesday um, on a big streak. And, they were really, it, 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 at least for me, I was really starting to question when we said we didn't think Rodney Terry had a shot at the job, right? Like we didn't think that he, a shot's very harsh, but we didn't think he would get it more or less, right? Yes. Um, heading into the Kansas game, it was starting to make me question that a little bit. I think I still lean no, but the way they've been playing, the fashion and when they in which they've been winning these games coming from behind, right? Especially against Kansas state. Um, and this team just like the way they just play the, 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 the rate at which they play, like we've mentioned they're they kind of lack the, the grittiness of like that defense that we saw, mm-hmm. but they're still playing hard, right? They're yeah. still like really, really, really playing for each other and playing for Rodney Terry. And, even in the loss to Kansas, I think I still saw that because at one point they were down 14. They go into the half down seven. And then more or less, uh, what was the final score? Um, 88 to 80. 
88 to 80. And like that was kind of towards the end. They were fouling and things like that. It was more or less like a five-ish point yeah, game right. for most of the mm-hmm. second half. And so I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm really impressed with this team because I still think defensively they lack a lot. Um but it might not matter. <laughs> it, but like this team has just a bunch of, as you mentioned with Baylor, they have shot getters and shot takers. Um, Tyrese Hunter's kind of fallen back to earth, but he's still doing what he does very, very well. Uh, Marcus Carr, I mentioned, has flourished into kind of uh, the guy that we thought he could be. Marcus um, Carr's three-point His three-point shooting has been a huge revelation. I know, I know they said on the broadcast, I think in the three or four games before Kansas, he was like two of 15. But I mean, right. even with that, He's shooting 38.6% on the year. And like in can against Kansas, he had just some flat out buckets. I mean, he yeah, um, off the bounce, off the catch, the mid-range, the fadeaway, the step back, I, everything was working for Marcus. The I shot, mean, the the three-pointer before the halftime. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were they would have been down 10. And it was like a hand in his face, and he just took a step back yeah. three or a, a fadeaway three, and he nails it. And they go into the half down single digits. And it's like, okay. And then they came out like on a 5-0 run to start the second half. So it's like he this team goes as he goes, and it feels like last year, I think this is the benefit of Rodney Terry, is last year it looked like there was like some restraints on him, right? And I feel like Rodney Terry's kind of brought out that part of his game where it's just like letting him go. This backcourt um, of Carr, Hunter, and Rice, I want to give a big shout out to Serge Barry Rice. I tweeted him. Yeah, oh my God, he's so was. much fun to watch. Dude, he – like if we had a starting five of favorite players to watch in the, in the state – Serge Barry Rice is up there for me. Yeah. He is incredible to watch. I, I it is kind of beating a dead horse with how much they talk about his ball fake, but I think that's just because sure. I was about, I was just about to bring that up, but like, it, it works. Yeah, I think it's just because we watch a lot of Texas games, so it's just like every time it's like, oh, there's the ball fake. There it right. is. I'm like, okay, we. But get it's it. good. It's a it's a really good ball fake. Like no, it's great. the way he, I don't know, like the way he, you don't see that often. Like you don't see. Well, I was about to say, like, he literally, like, he almost, like, palms it as he, like, as it hits its apex. So it's, like, you don't see a ball fake like that ever. And it, I don't know, like, it it becomes, like, a – I don't know if he's, like, starting to believe his own juice or whatever because, like, he, he'll ball fake, like, straight up, like, three times before he shoots it every single time. And it's, like, every time it works. And I remember mm-hmm. there was one time against Kansas. I think, I think it was Grady Dick guarding, guarding him. And, like, Grady Dick, like, bit, like, twice on it. And then, like, he just took it inside. And it's like, what do you do? Like, can't let him shoot because he's shooting great this year. I believe he's shooting 34% from three on, like, four attempts, which off yeah. the bench is nuts. Um, and, yeah, so I don't, it, it, he's he's been incredible. And he's been one of their clutch scorers late. Um, Tyrese Hunter's shootings kind of come back to earth. So, But he's been it, he's been the one that's kind of carried that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the ball figure is, it's the fact that his shot it, it mimics his shot so well. That's mm-hmm. the crazy part. Like it gets to the exact point of the release almost, and then yep. he just obviously doesn't shoot it. And then there are times where he's actually shooting the ball, and he doesn't have elevation off his jump shot. It's kind of like he's right. It's a very flat shot, not flat, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's stationary in a sense. Yeah. Um, and so the shot looks same. There are times where he shoots the ball, and I thought it was going to be a pump fake. Like that, right, <laughs> gotta be ridiculous to defend um personally so yeah shout out to Barcelona like, right there he's amazing against, against Kansas State it looked like Jerome Tang kind of like told his players to watch the shot and oh, yeah. they did a decent job at it but it was like at some point 
they just started biting again and I don't, yeah it was it's it's great he's been he's been so much fun to watch um yeah. i will say he's been the thing about this team that interests me is that they show so i th- i think team defense is where they kind of struggle um mm-hmm. individually i think they're good like Tyrese Hunter is a good defender right i think Serge Jabari Rice can defend uh Timmy Allen we know is a good defender last night uh I think it was Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson combined for what? Uh, well, Grady Dick had 21 points, but it, yeah. it took it, – look, he struck. He worked well, for Wilson, Yeah, Wilson – Wilson had two points. Yeah, Wilson didn't score yesterday. Yeah, and it's like – Juan Harris had a master class, though, man. He was good. Yeah. Um, and, like, they were – so it's like, okay, they're able to game plan around guys, right? And I just wonder – I don't know. I uh, I think my concern is more of the team defense aspect because mm-hmm. again they're able to take Jalen Wilson out of the game, which is what more or less got them kept them in it, uh, kept it from getting away. But like you mentioned, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCullough got to the line a ton and things like that. It was like those kind of uh, issues is the ones that kind of uh, kind of were the were the the uh, kind of what bit them in the end. Um, but regardless, I don't feel bad about this team after that game. I, I feel about the same, which is a team that I still think can win the conference. I don't want to get too far into like thinking about what teams can do in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. yet. We'll save that. We'll save that. We'll save that. But yeah. it is an interesting situation because like they've evolved so much, it feels like, even from the beginning of the year, where it's like it's a very backcourt centric team now. It is well, they're, very much they're more or less playing a lot of the time they're playing five out. Like, yeah. They're just like, like yeah feels like it's car uh hunter rice allen has his moments but he's kind of taking a backseat bishop has his moments desu has moments mitchell cunningham uh cunningham's kind of perfect role player for this team he can i mean shooting well i thought he was yeah shooting 46 percent from three and then obviously you get him just like being a a pain in everybody's side so Mm -hmm. he's kind of a perfect three or four uh for this team right now so i like where they're at I question their ceiling, but I don't question their floor, and that that's a good thing. All right, uh, real quick, I I don't have anything new on TCU or Texas Tech. Um, I, wanna, I was about to I, say, I feel like I feel like uh, everything about TCU is just like on hold right now. Yes, <laughs> while we, we figure out right until we figure out what's wrong with Mike Miles, how long he's going to be out, and then what state he comes back in. I assume he's coming back because they haven't released a statement. Right, saying like usually when it's an ending thing, it's like oh he's out. But I I don't know. I don't know what 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 everything with this team kind of hinges on, and especially now that him and Eddie Lampkin are are out, everything kind of hinges on what what they are. And you know, this is a team that could be a conference contender, elite eight caliber, or this is a team that like without their best player could go out in the first weekend potentially. You know what I thought about uh, before we move on is that Denton Geyer trio of Jalen Wilson, Jacoby Coles, and Davion Harmon are all in the Big Twelve, and I didn't even didn't even realize it. Wow, Jacoby Coles is at TCU, isn't he? He's, yeah. What Man, I completely forgot about that. Interesting little trio there. Um, I mean, that, that that doesn't matter to anybody listening that you know didn't watch Den Geyer in high school, and you know that's right, right. They were a good team. God. They they weren't they didn't win state or anything, but they were. They I was very, trying to think. Isn't let me see. There's, there was one more, uh, Grayson Carter. Where's he at now? 
Yeah, I don't know where he was. Oh, he's the Texas Southern. Yeah. So they're all back in I state. Know, That's cool. I know Ty Guy. I don't know if you remember Ty Guy. There. Oh my he, god! Yeah, Ty. Yeah. Uh, he's at. Um, oh my gosh! He did, North Texas first game of the season was against uh, Southern Nazarene, and uh-huh. Ty Guy is on Southern Nazarene, and he lit North Texas. Uh-huh. Up. I think he had like fifteen points. Man, so, see, we got to have a retrospect on that Denton Geyer team because <laughs> that is D- Davion Harmon, yeah, Jacoby Coles, Grayson Carter, Jalen Wilson, and Tama Guy. Jesus, yeah. that's crazy. How, how that team didn't win? How yeah, that it, it, to me the the that season it was that team, and then I think I mentioned Westlake before with Will mm-hmm. Will Butler, Brock Cunningham, Keontae Kennedy, and. There's somebody else I'm forgetting on that team, but regardless, those guys Will, is like uh, was it Will Baker? Oh, Will Matthew Mayer. Matthew Mayer was on that Westlake team too, and so it's like those two teams, how they didn't come out in six A, will always blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a great time because he had Drew Timmy in the area, obviously. Oh god, uh, yeah, had, he lost that guy or team. Yeah, he lost the guy or team. You had Tyrese Maxey at Garland. Um, oh, you had uh, uh, Jamal Enemy at uh, Katie Tompkins, who I think they were runner-ups. Beat, at, uh, uh, to, yeah, they beat Jamal, Jamal Enemy's team beat. I was there when Enemy's team beat uh, Tyrese Maxey's team in the state semis. Uh, Maxey's junior year, and Maxey put up 48 in the Alamo Dome. Um, good times. Good times. Oh, man, that, was that, that year was probably the oh. best year in a long time. Yeah, off-season podcast. Off-season podcast. We just did a whole hour reminiscing a retrospect about high school about specifically the 2016, 17, 18 years when I was plugged in. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay with that because like all these guys are seniors now, so it's like let's look back on how yeah, they kind of exactly went to the league in Tyree Baxi's case, but like how they've spent their college years too. Exactly. So that's a that's great. It's a good off-season <laughs> podcast. Keep it in the back pocket. Write yeah, that yeah. down. <laughs> Um, all right, to the whack, where I, I only have one result to talk about because mm-hmm. nothing about this makes any sense. Uh, UT Arlington beat Sam Houston State University. It was yeah. at the College Park Center. Uh, we talked about it before, how UTA is, is awful. They weren't good. Uh, Sam Houston State, however, was good. You know, they were pushing for the top of the whack. And then five-game win streak. Five-game win streak. I mean, they just and Sam Houston comes out and lays a dud. I mean, Sam Houston State's defense has been its calling card the entire year. Like, we – sure, you know, Quay Grant goes one of 11. Dante Powers one of eight. Um, you know, go down the list. They didn't shoot well as mm-hmm. a team. They didn't score the ball well at all. All right, cool. No no denying that. They shot 33% from the field. But the thing about this Sam Houston team is it's it's almost not supposed to matter because – we, we we talked about before they just have dogs they got they've junkyard right. dogs that just don't care if they score but they're gonna stop you they didn't stop uta at all uta puts up 46 in the first half beats them 70 to 58 and it probably okay i don't want to say it kills their chances but it puts severe a uh, wall hill mountain in their way in winning the conference now they're now seven yeah. and four and um where where are they at now? So Utah Valley's nine and two, Southern Utah's eight and three, Sam Houston seven to four. They're tied for third right now. Yeah. So instead of being second, you're tied for third with yeah. three teams. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it, it's a bad loss. I mean, UTA is one of the worst teams in the conference. Um, good for them for turning it around. You know, they're now three yeah, and eight. Um, and they've kind of been they've looked better since mid January than they looked previously, where they were on like a six game losing streak or something. Yeah. Um 
they're finding something. And I've mentioned Kendall Weaver before, true freshman out of Mansfield Timberview. He's been mm-hmm. he scored 21 in this game. He's been kind of a revelation for them this year. Um, but that's kind of it. Like they haven't had much else. You know, it's kind of it, it's been uh, a concerning year if you're talking about the future of UTA, right? What is Greg Young's tenure kind of look like now? But um, yeah, this is a this was a bad loss, and then come, then they come around and lose to Tarleton uh, UTA. Um, come out and lose to Tarleton the next game uh, on Monday, and yeah, now now if you're Sam Houston, you Evelyn Christian. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, good. But yeah, uh, Sam Houston after that Seattle. Oh, that's game right. They bar- about, yeah, that's right. They did barely beat UTR. They UTRG. barely beat RGV and then lose yeah. to UTA and. That's back-to-back games against bad teams that you don't play well. And now you have yeah. Abilene Christian, who is, again, not a very good Abilene Christian team, but still a pain. Then UTA mm-hmm. again. And then Tarleton, who's going to make it a pain. Like, all three of those should be wins. We looked at this schedule, remember, and we were like, oh, they're going to be 10-3 and three in conference. Right. And now they're 7-4, and four, and I'm scared that they're going to lose in one of these next three games, which they definitely should not lose. Yeah, you t- we, were, we were hoping that they would be on an unbeaten run heading into Utah Valley. Um and that's not it's not looking likely <laughs> yeah so um that that was concerning Actually, no, they've already, sorry they've already played UT, ut valley uh utah valley i mean, mean um southern utah or calbeck this one southern U- sorry yeah i'm looking at the wrong one um i mean that's what thing they closed the regard, with- regardless they were on a, they were basically on a streak of where they should have been favored in like all of these games yeah like they end the year with um cal baptist southern utah mm-hmm. sfa and abilene christian like you needed to win against UTA, but it's college yeah. basketball where things happen. Um, hope that it's not a trend, even though it's two games in a row. But we'll see. Um, last team to talk about was North Texas because I came on here and I was panicking. I was hitting panic buttons, even all the buttons. I don't care what they said. I was hitting everything when North Texas lost to Rice. Yep. And um, – They've now won four straight. They beat Rice on the road by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over this four-game stretch, they haven't looked great. You know, they haven't been, like, impenetrable by any means. But mm-hmm. conference wins, now they're 10-3 and three overall. Uh, FAU is only has one loss, so – and the tiebreaker. So it doesn't look like FAU is going to come off the first place anytime soon. But big game for North Texas against Rice on thir- – or I'm sorry, against UAB on Thursday – at home, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Walker's back for UAB, one of the top scorers in the country. I, I have questioned UAB starting to hit its stride as well. That's going to be kind of that game to decide who's the second best team in the conference. UAB. I was, yeah, I might, I might try to go to that game now that Walker's healthy, um, yeah. just because that's going to be, like you mentioned, that's going to determine UNT's kind of uh, ceiling, but UAB if they can kind of become that team that we kind of expected them to be right beginning of the year. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight to the, to the, to the finish, particularly between those two. Um, Cause UNT, what is UNT is only up or they're up a game and a half, like uh, two games, yeah, a game and a half. Something games, like that, so. Cause UAB started so poor. I mean, they went four and five. Right, yeah. They started pretty badly. Um, but regardless, I, I don't look at that rice loss as the first rice loss is bad. Cause like rice is, they're kind of middle of the pack now. Right, they look. They, you know, we we've had jokes about them after their embarrassing loss to Middle, um, but they look okay. 
like I don't I don't think they're a team that's going to be pushing for you know making a late run or anything, but they're a team that looks like probably the best version of the Scott Parra team I've seen. Yes. For so. the purposes of this podcast and me be, me being professional in this podcast, Rice is not a bad <laughs> basketball team. I was <laughs> wrong the, early in the week. Are you finally opting to be professional about Rice? <laughs> yeah, I will be professional about Rice only in this setting, even though they've lost three straight games. Um, and they're going to lose a fourth straight game when they lose to FAU. So we'll I was about to say, if, they're definitely going to use the FAU too. <laughs> I was going to say, so we'll see, but yeah. they're not a bad basketball team this year. Right. That, that much I can say. They're not a bad basketball team. Even if they finish yeah. the year like 8 and 12 in conference, I don't think they're bad. Um, I mean, they're 15 but, and 8. They finished 16 and 7 last They're 16 and 17 last year. So they're already on pace to like blow that mark out. No, hold on. Time out. Pause the game. Put it oh, on no. pause. Their non-conference schedule is awful. I don't want to hear a damn thing about their overall record. Okay? They weren't no, good last year no, either. No, no. They look at their non-conference schedule. Just because they beat Texas State does not mean that that though, any of those wins last year. Texas State's the only decent team in the non-conference schedule that they beat. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. They're six and six in conference. That's all I care about right now. They they've jumped sixty spots since uh, in Kempom from last year. <laughs> they're a better team. I'm not saying they're world beaters. What were they? Hold yeah. on. Let me see. What were they in conference last year? Let me let me let me let me, let me iron this out. Let me go see. Ahead. I, go ahead. Iron it. They out. were they were seven and eleven last year in conference. Sitting at six and six right now. Come on, they they are a better team. Look, look. The, I I just I just tried to give you a rational explanation that they are not a bad team this year. That's as much as I can say. <laughs> I can't give okay. you any more compliments here, especially when they're about to lose and go to six and seven on the year. Um, <laughs> But there, but the, the North Texas Fair. fan in me says you should never lose to Rice. That team is fine. Garbage. Scott Perry is a head coach. You held them to fifty three times last year. Don't lose to Rice. But they, that's all right. We move on. We move past. Um, we'll see North Texas UAB on Thursday. That's going to be um, a big game. Big game for sure. Yeah. All right. Get to a couple headliners here. Because friend of the program, friend of the show, rather. Uh, yes, Karen Aston. Karen Aston has done it. Ish. They they've turned the corner successfully. They've done it. I don't know if this will result in any more wins in the conference season, but they're now four and nine in conference. Yep. So hey, you know, two winners of two of their last three. Mm-hmm. Uh they beat Middle Tennessee, a ranked Middle Tennessee team. I think their Middle Tennessee was 21st in the country, 23rd in the country, somewhere around there. 21st. 21st in the country, Middle Tennessee team, went to the Convocation Center in San Antonio. It was rocking. And mm-hmm. UTSA put it on them, 58-53. Look, we were first. We were, we first. were first on we the first. UTSA Karen yep. Aston bandwagon. Jordan Jenkins, we were the ones to say We were going to say this team is a good team. A good team. They were going to get a validating win one yep. day. And it came against a ranked opponent. Jordan Jenkins was incredible. Look, we, we all I want to do is bask in our flowers real quick because like we, a we victory were, lap right now. Yeah, take a victory lap because they're four and nine. We knew the record wasn't going to be great, <laughs> but we we also were very committed in saying this is still going to be a very competitive, very good team. And yeah, the minute I saw that score go final, I texted you and was like, "We did it." We, we predicted this. It's us. <laughs> it's the. We won this game. It's the. Yeah, it was. It was the. Uh, it was. It's the Drake after 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 the Raptors won the title. It's like we created. We created this. Look at this. <laughs> this is us. 
if if UTSA wins one more game, I'm emailing Karen Aston, and we are getting here on. If they beat UTEP on on Saturday, on yes. Tuesday, we will have Karen Aston for ten minutes. If she oh, I, I one thousand percent, we're getting her back on if they beat UTEP. They because beat UTEP. listen, I mean, like we mentioned, this team is a good defensive team, and Middle Tennessee goes over there and they score fifty three points. They scored. They shoot twenty two percent from the field. Lockdown. Unbelievable. Lockdown. This, I mean, we said it. We said they were the best four-win team for a long time. Now they're the best six-win team in the country. Congratulations to UTSA. Jordan Jenkins, 20 points, 16 rebounds. Um, Elisa Coleman, 18 points, six rebounds. I mean. How about Kira White? Only three points, but eight assists and 13 rebounds. You don't need the score. That's what I try telling these kids nowadays. It's not about the points, ish. It's not about the points. You try telling them. As I wear a Damian Lillard jersey. <laughs> you don't need to score, but Damian it's Lillard. The points. Rules. It's about winning the game, says the man in the Damian Lillard jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's it's it's a good team. It's a young team. They play hard, they play defense, and they got Jordan Jenkins. And uh just give Karen Aston one more year, and I promise. That record this team is going to be a fun team next year. I am very excited to see them. My favorite, my favorite thing about this win is that they were down going into the fourth quarter. They were down two points. They outscored middle nineteen to twelve. Win game mm-hmm. by five. Win the game, and that's what they did. So shout out UTSA, friend, uh, friend of the show. We'll get Karen Aston. Maybe UTEP. Um, the Big Twelve. We got to talk about Texas women's basketball. Well, the Big Twelve in general in women's basketball is a mess. Um, the, the AP poll hates the Big 12. It gets like it, it gets the opposite treatment of the men's Big 12. Like when in the men's Big 12, if teams beat each other, they don't really drop, you know. It's like, oh, ba- you know, TCU lost to Baylor, they'll drop them from 14 to 15. In the women's, if you lose, you're gone. <laughs> Baylor, yeah. if you lose, you're gone. I think Oklahoma and Iowa State are now, or Iowa State's like 22nd or something like that in the in there. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of highly ranked teams, but Texas leads the pack nine and two overall in conference. Uh, Oklahoma eight and three, Baylor seven and three, Iowa State seven and four. I watched a little bit of Baylor Iowa State um, the other day, and Baylor mm-hmm. was in total control. I mean, it, the game was only a six-point win, but if they were in control of the entire second half, really. So, yeah. Um, shout out to Baylor for getting that win. Iowa State f- continues to fall a bit. We said earlier in the year that we thought they were a little fraudulent, um, and so Texas has taken the reins. Five straight wins, I think. I, mean, I like. Uh, I, th- I think one of the biggest revelations for Baylor has been. Um, and Justin Justin Carter's gonna have a piece on her soon, but Dariana Little ba- Little Page Bugs has been yes. really good for them. Uh, she's kind of come on as as you know we we kind of talked to her about is it a little bit too much asking for a freshman, even though she's a five star, you know, big time recruit, but was it still a lot to ask of her? I mean, in conference, sixty two percent from the floor, almost eleven points a game, almost averaging a double double, nine point four rebounds. Um, She's turned it on since it's gotten the conference play, and she's been a big reason. Obviously, Sarah Andrews is playing out of her mind still, but it's been a lot of a lot more collective help. Yeah, B- Baylor was. It, it's it's like you watch. I watched them, and the pieces on the court 
I understand that like you little page bugs, Sarah Andrews, you know, all the, these Caitlin Bickles on the court a lot. It's like, I understand mm-hmm. what these players are individually, but I feel like they are much better as a team. And I think Nikki Collins deserves a lot of credit for that. Like they, the way oh, yeah. that they're playing, obviously without those two players that we talked about this entire year at Edwards mm-hmm. and Blackwell, the way that they've come together, Nikki Collins deserves a lot of credit. Like, Obviously, I'm over here at LSU, and people are like, oh, you know, Mulkey leaves Baylor, and they're unranked. I'm like, hell, this has been an incredible coaching performance from Nick Khan. I was about to say, take two of the best players out of any team in the country, and they fall apart. And Baylor's been pretty good still. Yeah, like, if you would have told me before the year, they don't have Edwards or Blackwell, uh, where they finished in the conference, I would not have said top four. And now it looks like they're almost a lock for top four in the conference. So, yeah, shout out to Baylor. Um Last thing I'll say about Texas is through 11 games, Deanna Gaston leads the team in scoring at 14.2 points per game. Uh, She had, I think it was 27, 24, something like that in their last game. Um, That's been one of the bigger surprises I feel like we haven't talked about, but Deanna Gaston's like resurgence, 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 like the way she's been able to break out. Sure. That's been kind of a surprise. So we always thought, you know, Rory Harmon, Sonia Morris, and Shayla Gonzalez, those are the three. Those are the three that are going to score the ball. They're going to handle the ball, everything. Deanna Gaston has um, been really, really good. She's been, she's been great. And it's been a big reason why Rory Harmon hasn't been able, hasn't been asked to do everything. And, you know, when she has options in the paint to dump it off to, that's going to help anybody. So yeah, that's been awesome to see. 55% 55% from the field as well, Deanna Gaston. Yeah. Which is <laughs> very, very impressive. Shelly Gonzalez shooting 50% from the field, so shout-out to them. Looking like they're going to win the conference at this point. Um, who does Texas mm-hmm. have next up? Let me see the schedule real quick. Um, coming off the win at Kansas, they have Texas Tech, TCU as the next two should be wins, both of them at home. Then you go at Iowa State, home against West Virginia, at Oklahoma, home against Baylor, at Kansas State, so – could be looking at like a 14 and four type season for Texas. Potentially. And uh, that'll, that'll be good. I will be campaigning for them to get like a three or four seed in the tournament. If they end up you know, going 14 and four and winning the tournament, I think that's a three or four seed. So yeah, I would be impressed with that. Um, anything else? Anything else we missed? Uh, UTA really quick. Uh, the women oh, the also win. picked up an unbeat, uh, an upset win. I was watching it uh, yesterday. Star Jacobs at the buzzer against, sorry, I had it right here. Southern Utah in overtime, 60 to 58, previously unbeaten in conference Southern Utah. Um, I don't think this changes much of the whack. I think UTA is still pretty much out of it, but that's a huge, that's still a huge win and kind of a little bit of a summarizes the frustration we've had with them. uh, The fact that they haven't been better. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, we, we've, we've talked about our, grievances before with uta but that is a big win so maybe it turns them around you know they they could very well be one of those teams that come conference tournament you know makes a run clicking a little bit the championship yeah it's like oh there they are there they are it took them four months but they're here and they make the run so yeah we'll see how that how that works out but i think that's all we got um that's all we got on uh we'll be back on friday we got a couple Big games, like I said, North Texas big game um, is is one that I will be watching for sure. Um, the UTSA UTEP game that we mentioned earlier on the women's side is until Saturday, I think I said. Uh, so, 
yeah, it's on Saturday, February 11th. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, that's it. We'll appreciate y'all for joining us. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Uh, subscribe to the channel, the YouTube, if you have not already. Post all of our videos there. You can check us out on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and Ishmael R. Johnson. Uh, we will be back and we will talk to y'all then.